Welcome back to the program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. I am coming back at you live, folks, here on The Really Real Deal. And, folks, as promised, we have a true, really real deal guest, a true man's world guest here as we've been celebrating all day long the 75th anniversary of D-Day. We have one of the last uh, surviving members of the famed Tuskegee Airmen, Lieutenant Colonel Harry Stewart, who's written a fantastic book uh, about his his life and what the Airmen, uh, the Tuskegee Airmen went through. The title of the book is Soaring to Glory, a Tuskegee Airmen's firsthand account of World War II. And uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stewart, I want to say thank you, sir, for your service and thank you for sharing uh, your story with our audience here on The Really Real Deal. Brother Craig, thank you very much, and it's uh, very nice to be with you here. Yeah, yeah, and uh, look, this is uh, this is a fantastic book uh, that that you've written here, and uh, it, it's it's amazing that you were 19 years old. I mean, uh, you were born in 1924 in my home state of Virginia. Okay, that's what, right. Yeah, what part of Virginia, by the way? Well, I was born in Newport News. My father was born near Hampton. He was born in uh, a town called Phoebus. I know was, exactly uh, where Phoebus is. That's right there near uh, near Hampton University. I lived in Newport News as a boy uh, for about okay. six years. Yeah, right. yeah. I had a newspaper and, um, route. Uh, Ten years old with a little newspaper route down thirty six <laughs> between thirty ninth and thirtieth Street in the East End. Uh, Right, and my mother was born and uh, and raised in Gloucester County. She was on a farm in uh, oh, okay, all uh, right, Virginia. Oh, so okay, I'm, we're homeboys. A hundred percent, hundred percent, Virginia. Okay? <laughs> yeah, and look, and you, and fourth Ju- July fourth, you will be ninety five. That's amazing. That, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. So well, now, from uh, from being born in the twenties. And being at age 19, being a pilot, you couldn't even drive a car, but you could fly an airplane. What, That's right. Yeah, what What was it that prompted you to aspire? I mean, I remember being a little boy, and probably the first dream I ever had was I want to be an airplane pilot. Just, you know, you just, as a little boy, you look up and you see an airplane, and I guess in my case, an idle dream. But in your case, you became that. Yeah, well, my, my folks told me that I was out in the crib when I was, uh, you know, like a year old or two years old. And uh, the planes from Langley Field, Virginia, there, you know, they used to fly over. And uh, the folks said that I would pop my head up and look at the planes there like, you know, I wanted to get up there with them. You know? and then, <laughs> then the folks decided to move to New York. My father got a job in New York, and uh, we lived out in Queens near an airport again by the name of North Beach Airport, which today is LaGuardia Airport. Mm-hmm. And I used to go over there and watch the planes take off and fly around, and I said, I want to be an airline pilot one of these days. 
And I never got to be an airline pilot, but I got pretty close to it. I learned to fly. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the war coming along, I, I, I went in at 18 and uh, was commissioned and got my wings at 19. And uh, as you say, couldn't even drive a car yet. But uh, uh, anyway, it, it, you know, it was like dreams coming true, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's such a shame. I read that part of your story and, you know, we're all familiar with how, you know, black soldiers go and fight and bleed and die and, you know, lose friends, come home and cannot uh, participate fully in the society. And, uh, and, you know, and that that's a part of your story. Uh, you know, in 1950, you could not get a job uh, flying in, uh, you know, Delta or Pan Am or any of the American uh, domestic uh, airlines, even though, you know, you you shot down uh, German fighters over Austria. You know, you you, yeah. you want to tell the story of the um, three in one day and that that third one uh, gave you a little trouble, didn't he? Oh, it sure did. I thought that uh, I thought I had bought the farm, but anyway, uh, uh, there were seven of us. Uh, we had broken away from the bombers that we were protecting. They were uh, uh, pretty safe, and uh, uh, we were asked if we could go on what was known as a fighter sweep, and that's to uh, just look for trouble and uh, try to destroy uh, German equipment on the ground. But anyway, mm-hmm. the trouble found the trouble found us. It was a horde of. Uh, German fighter planes that attacked us, and uh, they shot, actually, of the seven of us, they shot three of us down. Well, one, his plane was uh, uh, not damaged too badly, but he was able to make it back to uh, friendly territory in Yugoslavia. The second pilot, he was shot down, and unfortunately, he was killed uh, instantly. The third one was a fellow by the name of Walter Manning. Uh, He was from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. His plane was disabled. He had to bail out, and he bailed out near uh, a town called Wilhelms, Austria. Well, when he landed, uh, you know, in his parachute there, a mob came along, and they captured him and took him over to the local jailhouse and put him in jail there. And uh, But that same mob, two nights later, decided to break into jail, bag Walter out, uh, they beat him up pretty badly, and then they hung him from a lamppost. Mm, mm, mm. And, uh, and that's another that thing just, that you you write that the um, the white flyers, if they bailed out, could maybe get some civilian clothes and try to blend in. Uh, but you guys could not. You could not do that. We could not blend. That's right. It was uh, if if we did have a couple of fellows that uh, went down and. Uh, uh, foreign territory, but and got out, but that was unusual. The circumstances were, you know, very unusual. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you're right. Uh, the uh, even in a prison of war camp there, where some of our guys were, they were telling us uh, how the some of the fellows would escape from the prison of prison of war camp, and they were able to get some civilian clothes or something like that and blend into the public there, but. Uh, not so with our guys. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to ask you a really, really important question about the the future and the life we have now that you and men of your generation help make possible. 
You know, it's uh, it's not just, you know, and, and I've been listening to some of the speeches and President Trump put it most eloquently that the young men not only won battles and won a war, but they won the they won the future of the Christian Western world that we know today and made possible all the progress that humanity has seen in these last 75 years. But it seems today, sir, uh, you know, and particularly if you could speak to young black people that listen to folks like Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the Nation of Islam, the Black Panthers, you know, it's it's like they want to take all the worst of the racial wounds and focus on that rather than focus on the progress that you help bring about, because if we had lost that war, I mean, the racism would be off the hook. It would have been terrible. And, and, yeah. but, and, and I apologize. I, I posed you that question right as we have to go to break. But could you think yeah. on that and cover that when we come back from break, sir? Uh, I sure will. Okay, thank you, sir. God bless you. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, folks. If you're just joining us, we have Lieutenant Colonel Stewart with us, one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live. No matter what language you say it in, folks, this is Man's World Radio. And that's the Italian version of the classic James Brown song, It's a Man's World. And uh, we play that in honor of our guest. Uh, uh, as, I, as a country boy like me likes to say, a shown-off onion toter, Lieutenant Colonel Harry Stewart. Folks, you have to get his book Soaring to Glory, a Tuskegee Airman's firsthand account of World War II. And thank you again, uh, Colonel Stewart, for staying over. And thank you again, uh, Brother Craig. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, have you, you had a little moment to think on my question over the break that, you know, the complaints that we get and, you know, what you what you went through and 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 men of your generation went through to make it so people like me have the life that I have. I would not have this life had we lost, you know, I mean, the Germans with the, uh, you know, the superior, you know, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, superior race, and, you know, the Japanese thought every every race other than them was inferior. I mean, it, it, and, and today, you know, someone could send out a tweet and you would say, oh, you're a racist. I mean, Everything is, if everything is racism, nothing is racism. That's right. And we're so fragmented today. I don't know how we got here where we are, you know, uh, fragmented or tribalism or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, it seems as though the love aspect has been lost and uh, the hate aspect has uh, moved in and taken its place. So you've got these segments all over the place and they're... Uh, preaching this hate and uh, preaching this discord, and uh, it's just uh, uh, just not like, you know, I think about, you know, as, as bad. I was raised during the uh, Depression there in the, uh, in the 30s, mm-hmm. and they were really hard times. But, you know, uh, there was a cohesiveness. There was a, a togetherness as far as we were concerned at that time. The, the neighborhoods, my, 
my neighborhood, my neighbors cared about me. My parents knew that if they happened to be away someplace at the time there, that I was safe because the neighbor, the neighbors, uh, as they say, it, uh, uh, would go ahead and uh, mm-hmm. look out for my interests there. But uh, today, everything is so fragmented and yeah. there's so much hate involved. And, uh, That's my remembrance I, I growing up in Newport News as well. Uh, you know, wonderful neighbors, uh, family from Charles City would always come up to visit us, and they always had something to bring to help us out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Any but, uh, any advice for these young people uh, that uh, uh, seem to be the young are the targets of all this anti-Americanism that, you know, every every person that's, a, and particularly if you're white, Christian, and male, you're automatically evil. Uh, it's like you're, you're guilty until proven innocent. I, I, any advice yeah. for young people that have to be bombarded with that in all sorts of media, in movies, in music, in the news? Yes, well, if I certainly knew the answer, uh, you know, I'd go ahead. I think I, I do touch a little bit on that in the uh, book there, uh, Soaring to Glory. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think if, if, I think they need directions, but people, I, I, they can't find, the young youth can't find this direction or it's difficult for them to find it themselves. It's like reinventing the wheel. I think we adults have something to do with this where we have to go and we have to bring ourselves and set ourselves as a good example and let these let these uh, children see the image Amen. of a good example uh, uh, day after day, morning after morning, night after morning there and do it consistently and, mm-hmm. uh, until it becomes part of them and then they understand that you know, this is the way to uh, conduct their lives and uh, and to be happy and to live a fruitful life. Amen. Very well said, sir. It's like the uh, the Christian saying that for some people, the only Bible they ever going to read is the life of a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So God bless you, sir, and thank you so much. And uh, and folks, you got to get this book, Soaring to Glory, a firsthand. A Tuskegee Airman's firsthand account of World War II. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stewart, uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for sharing with our audience. And may God continue to bless you, sir. Well, fellow Virginian, Virginian, it's really been a pleasure. All right. Take care now. Thank you.